Hello and welcome back to Dating Smash. My name is Rob Wong, and today we're talking about Freud. <laughs> uh, so, um, I think Freud is one of the more famous psychologists out there, and unfortunately, what he's known for is fucking moms and also something about penis envy. Um, and that kind of gets in the way of his contribution to psychology. Um, obviously, a lot of his stuff is outdated. Some of it's still relevant, but I think the most relevant piece has to do with the subconscious. Now, uh, I think lately it's fallen out of trend for people and uh, psychologists in general to refer to the mind as being uh, unconscious or subconscious. But I think it still points to the same thing. I actually don't even know why they made the shift over from subconscious. I, I assume because maybe it's a semantic thing. Subconscious means that like it's below the perceptible level, whereas unconscious means that it can be revealed. Probably that. Yeah, it's most likely that. <laughs> okay, so, um, but I think his quote is an amazing one, right? Uh, Sigmund Freud said that man is not master in his own house. Now, what does that mean? Um, I think just right on the surface, the meaning that we can take away from that is that uh, we are not in control of ourselves. And more specifically, when it comes to the brain, uh, sometimes we do things that we don't freaking understand ourselves. In the moment, it just appears as something that we might want to do. And then when we go back and look at it, we realize that it makes no fucking sense what we're doing, right? So if you can think about like any time that you've woken up at midnight and decided to have like a, a cup of instant ramen or like a scoop of ice cream, uh, and then you went back to bed, and the next morning you woke up and you're like, ah, like when I'm sleeping, my metabolism is at its slowest, like that, I, this just turns straight into fat, like why did I do that to myself? Or when like someone might cut you off in traffic, right? They hit the brakes real hard and you have to emergency brake, you're skidding on the road, you finally grind to a halt. And you know that you haven't been hurt, you haven't bumped into anyone, uh, and you can just drive around this person. But there's a part of your brain that either wants to get off the freeway entirely, just like F this noise, uh, which would cause you to get to your destination more slowly, or the or you're like me, and then you go, you fly into a fit of road rage and you fantasize about how you'd find this person, hunt them down, and punch them in the dick, right? Not rational either, right? I don't want to spend my time in jail. And yet, the brain is like, I need to go those, I need to go do those things right now, right now, right now. And I think that's what Freud meant, right? <laughs> so, an example that comes to mind for me is when I was hiking uh, with a group of friends, and uh, during the process of the hike, like we're going along and. One group, like I decide that I want to go climb some rocks, and a friend comes with me. And the other group of friends is like, "Okay, cool. Like we'll we'll be around. You might find us, so we, we could go hiking, or like we may we may just stand here and talk." Um, and so I start climbing rocks. I start climbing rocks, and then like partway through, we stop. We take a break. There's a magnificent view of some beautiful like coniferous trees. You can see granite, uh, like some lichen growing on the on the stone. It's peaceful, right? It's a nice day. The sun's shining through the trees. And I look around and I see this rock outcropping. I don't know why. I'm just kind of drawn to it. My friend asked me why I'm going to it. It's like, yeah, I just I feel like I just want to be there. 
So we walk to it and I'm standing there and I notice that I'm standing there and also scanning for my other friends. And then I notice that that process is something that happens in the background all the time. I'm always looking for where my friends are at. And not only that, but I'm constantly checking in on them to see where they are in terms of their mood. So what happened in that moment? Well, in the moment, it felt like I just wanted to be on that rock. When I got there, I realized that that activity, that, that reaction, one might even say that that pattern was one that's constantly been in the background. And then it recently just surfaced, right? I, I finally noticed it. It became part of my conscious. And up until that point, it simply occurred to me as a matter of preference. I just want to be there. I just prefer to be there rather than something that, you know, just happens to run me from the background. Now, I'm going to argue that all of us have dozens of those kinds of processes, and some of them aren't great. It, it kind of like the road rage example, kind of like the eating cake at midnight example, kind of like the example where uh, you might get into fights with your mom or your dad constantly on the phone, right? Maybe it only takes like 10 minutes two minutes, two hours. At some point, you will get annoyed at this person. You will get triggered by this person and fall into that old pattern. So man is not master in his own house. I think in a lot of ways, this speaks to the battle between the two different parts of the brain, right? The emotional brain, the older part of the brain, the brain that has more control, and the logical brain. The brain that is, you know, like it's newer. It gives us the ability to perceive and think through things. The ability to weigh data against other data and see what is the superior path. And the problem that I think most of us run into, especially when it comes to dating, is that the emotional brain will always win, right? It always wins. Um, now, there are ways that you can calm down the emotional brain, but most of us aren't really too versed in that. So usually what happens is if we go out on a date with someone new, the emotional brain is like, stranger danger. <laughs> Make sure their hands are sweating in case they need to, you know, like, and that will cause their fingertips to wrinkle so that they have more surface tension so that when they're running away from this person, they'll be prepared. Make sure their entire body is sweating for that matter, you know? Like in case they have to run from this person through the forest, they're gonna be properly cooled, you know? We're gonna dilate the pupils, right? So they can see things better in the dark. We're gonna make sure that their heart beats a million miles a minute. We're gonna dump some adrenaline in there so their body starts a higher caloric burn so they can run faster and maybe sprint away, you know? It'll be fine. This is how we survived last time. And that's the state you're left in. Fight or flight, right? <laughs> you got the fight to survive. You're sweating like crazy. You can't think properly because your brain is just trying to get away from the predator on the other end of the table. And now you're supposed to be charming. The emotional brain wins. <laughs> or what happens when your partner leaves the toilet seat up for like the, the 13th time, the 200th time, and you've had conversations with him, you know, and he just doesn't seem to get it. What well, kind of inconsiderate, and you'll notice how your brain just spins out of control, right? It goes off on a story about what this other person is to you and what you would say to them if you could just give them a piece of your goddamn mind, right? You could just shake some sense into this motherfucker. You know, 
What 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 would you do? What could you possibly do to make sure that this person does what you want them to do? Maybe I should yell at them. <laughs> and so, while there's no argument happening in the present, our minds are so busy making that argument happen in real time in our own heads that by the time we run into that person, we're furious, and then the argument really does happen, right? So, I think Freud's discovery is uh, hugely significant. I think that the subconscious or unconscious mind is and having that understanding is is like a superpower because once you're aware that things can happen below the intellectual level right then you can begin to look into your motives and seeing if there is a pattern there if there is something stopping you from behaving in a way that serves you optimally and i think nine times out of ten uh, if it's something that makes no sense, it usually doesn't work to our benefit. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I take that with a grain of salt. You know, that's just my personal opinion. Um, but also look, also check to see where in my romantic relationship, where when it comes to being intimate with another person, am I acting in a way that might not necessarily serve me? Or am I acting in a way that I have not questioned for a very long period of time? One thing that showed up for me was that I noticed when I sit down next to women, uh, and this this has been for as long as I can remember, right? And I just recently noticed this. When I sit down next to women, I'm actually unconsciously, and now sometimes consciously, leaning away from them because I don't want to give them the impression that I'm trying to be creepy or trying to hit on them or trying to flirt. I don't want to accidentally brush up against them and catch a lawsuit, like not really what I'm going for. But you can imagine what that sub communicates, right? What message am I sending out when I'm allowing this pattern to run in the background? Well, <laughs> I think from a just 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 throwing things out there kind of point of view, what I'm communicating is, ew, I'm not interested. I'm leaving you alone. Gross, right? Like, why else would I be leaning away, trying to face away, trying to avoid contact with that other person as much as possible? So, is there an impact? Yes. Because if at any moment in time I communicate that I'm interested in this person, my body language will say something completely different, right? And that is the definition of creepy. If I pretend like I'm, if I say that I'm happy, if I smile without my eyes, right? Is that not creepy? It's a mismatch between how I'm communicating on two different channels, verbally and physically. So, these patterns are out there. Um, a lot of times it involves sex, right? Notice when I say sex, when I say thrust, penis, vagina, boobs, what's your reaction? Do you shrink into shame? Does it make you uncomfortable, right? When I talk about breakups, divorces, marriage, commitment, babies, what's your reaction? Does your body pull towards it? Is this something that I need to have, right? I need to have this. Or is it the opposite? 
do you shrink away from it? Does it immediate repulsed reaction like gross, ew, like I don't want that? Or like, is there is there an impending anxiety when you hear about those things? And notice for yourself where they're arriving. Where am I really attached to things being a certain way? And you'll find that in exploring that, you get a whole new level of freedom. And with that freedom comes confidence. With that freedom comes attractiveness, right? Because now you're sure of where you are in the world. Now you're sure of what you believe. And people will be able to manipulate you less, right? Because you're very certain about who you are, as opposed to just kind of reacting reflexively. So get this dialed in, folks. And if you want support in that, you can always give us a call. The number for My Coaching Care, which is the sponsor of Dating Smash, is 424-248-8212. Again, that's 424-248-8212. Or you can book a free appointment with us uh, either through that call or on our website at mycoaching.care. All right, guys and girls, we'll catch you in the next episode. I hope you got something from this one. Peace.